the power of customer service. That's what we're talking about today. Um, I've had a bit of a, an experience today and also um, it's some, some work that I'm working on as well with a couple of clients. So I just wanted to share that with you. But yeah, customer service. Let's chat about that one. Join me, e-commerce Emma, where I will be discussing all matters e-commerce, digital and social marketing, giving you the skills to thrive online. So if you're an Amazon guru, Shopify newbie, or just looking at increasing sales online, join me each week. I will have content for everyone. E-commerce is my business. I look forward to connecting with you. Yeah, so it's not my usual kind of content. It's not strictly digital marketing and that kind of thing. But I think it's an important lesson. And I want to talk about customer experience and customer service. And these are things that I talk about frequently on coaching calls each week. And some of the work that I tend to do with people. So I've got a couple of clients at the moment. And, you know, we are kind of talking about this topic within their own businesses. And it kind of came up with one of them today where we were chatting about... Um, not so much chatting, but, you know, I'd point to my conversation about it. And it was about Aldi and Lidl and, you know, this kind of like budget supermarket, if you like. And, you know, the success that those models have had. And I'm talking about things like the market share that they currently represent in the UK um, in terms of, you know, what they have actually achieved in the town that they're running for. Um, we generally know the story of Aldi and Little. I mean, that's been, um, well, Aldi anyway, we know that's been going since like the 60s and, you know, it's run by two brothers. It's now split in two and, um, you know, they have different elements in different countries across the world. Um, but one of the things that we're talking about was the market share. It was, you know, how they started. It's what their business model is. It's how they're growing. You know, they've currently got about 890 stores in the UK, um, hoping to grow it to about 1250, I think, by 2024, apparently. But that's still on track or not, who knows. Um, and it's just the fact that that is such um, a big presence in this country. Um, when, you know, realistically, we're not that big of a country, if you think about it. But it's where, you know, so many people go. And, you know, it's kind of the question of why is that popular? Why do people like going there? Now, I myself am very much an Aldi Little kind of person, always have been really. Um, and it comes down to costs and it's whether you you kind of buy into, you know, the brand thing. Do you have to have branded food or do you not? And I just want fresh food. You know, I, I don't um, have much processed food at all. Um, it's mostly fruit and veg and you have to see rice and um, quinoa and those kinds of things. I like to cook for myself because it's cheaper and it's healthier mostly. It's the latter that is more important than the money. Um, but yeah, and it's just how they work as a business, you know, how they get their stock in, how they run all these special offers, how they have quite a wide range of product. And often, it, you know, it could be half the price that you would pay in, say, another supermarket. So in the UK, I know I have a lot of listeners in the US and Canada to this podcast. And um, so this is why I say that really for, for their benefit. And it's this kind of idea that we have kind of like half, you know, you know, I can go to other supermarkets such as Sainsbury's or Waitrose and those prices will be double under the assumption that, you know, it's better quality. But um, but it's not usually, I wouldn't have said. Um, but again, it's all part of everyone's experience, isn't it? Lots of people spend a lot of money on food and lots of us don't. And uh, that's just my personal preference. But no, we were talking about them as a business model today. Like, what are they doing? How do they do it? You know, they have a no frills attitude where the food comes in the door and it goes out the door, you know, within a couple of days. You know, they have so many pallets that they can store in their warehouse or out back within their business. And, you know, they have to shift that food in order to get the next shipment in don't they and it has to be quite a quick turnaround regularly and this is why when we have seasonal changes or we have really good weather 
you know, or like I've been um, before to another supermarket which specializes in frozen food and you'll go in there on a really hot sunny day and you'll look for some ice lollies or popsicles and you will not be able to find any because they've sold out of everything and they've not got another shipment coming in maybe for a couple of days because you know it's a bit of a it's how it works in the uk anyway we have a bit of a hot spell very occasionally and you know everything's sold out all your swimming pools all your outdoor furniture um you know picnicky kind of food and things like that so um it's all about supply and demand it's about how you run your business isn't it um and it was funny because we, we were obviously talking about this this morning and you know i've kind of had that in my mindset today about customer service and about how they approach that and for me it's like the speed when you actually go into these shops it's the speed of getting your stuff in put on the belt you know you get it through you don't you pay for it you're off and you know that that food is fresh and it's quite recent and you know they've got a good range of food and i just like going in there because it's quite a small um environment as well compared to the larger supermarkets we have here where they're probably in terms of size maybe maybe four times as big possibly and uh, maybe bigger than that depending on what size of store you're going to you know but we've not got the clothing range we've not got you know, all the home goods and the children's wear and, you know, the, the alcohol aisle particularly, not in the same, it's not as big as, it. obviously they've got one, but it's not as big. And, you know, it's the fact that we don't always want too much choice, I don't think. You just want to go in, get what you need and go out again and, it, you know, make it super simple like that. Um, but on the other hand, I went to a more, what we, what we can describe as a, a better supermarket. So I went to Sainsbury's, which is, you know, in terms of supermarkets in the UK, it's, it's it's more expensive. It's you know, it's trying to go for that quality angle and all that kind of thing. Uh, I pop in there occasionally. You know, there's a bit of an expression, and it's a bit like you know, you do your big shop at Aldi and Lidl, and you get your bits from the other places. Um, so I just pop in on the way home. Basically, where I live, um, I have like a because it's quite um it's quite a rural area. But we've basically they've just kind of jumped a load of retail parks in a spot. So every supermarket's in the same place, which I think is a really good idea. It's better than traipsing all over town for like different things, isn't it? So they're basically they're all there. There's maybe like five supermarkets in the same spot, as well as other retail sites, you know, like for car stuff or I don't know, beds or charity shops or whatever. Um, so it's all in the one place, which is great. Um, so if I'm going shopping, then I'll go, I'll pop in them all of them sometimes, not always. Um, and like today I went in and I just had the worst experience. Um, in terms of customer service, like it was just so slow. It, you know, we've got some woman on the till and she's just taking her time. I mean, you know, the guy in front of me had had any shopping. I, I had like four things. And then by the end of it, you know, we're waiting like 10, 15 minutes. And it's one of those situations where you're standing there, you're thinking, right, shall I move? Shall I go over there and just do the like, self-checkout thing or not? But I didn't. And I really should have done. And it just went on and on and on. And eventually I got served and, you know, she's there. I wanted to have a chat about everything. And, and it's like, do you realise it's like another five people annoyed as me and stood behind me um, already here? So, like... You know this particular store you know likes to pride itself on being better and you know better service better food better this better that better the other but in the in the end it wasn't and i wouldn't normally complain about anything uh it had to really really irritate me for me to do that and it really really did because on top of me having my four items uh one of them was reduced and she hadn't taken the money off and it wasn't like a lot of money but it was just like the principle i've waited like 15 minutes for four items and you can't even get that right um you know whether that's her whether she's not scanned the right sticker or whatever it is but it was just a bit of a joke to be honest so 
I actually went to the bother. I don't know why I did, but um, just to you know fill in one of those forms online and all the rest of it. Um, but your customer service is really important because whilst nothing will come of that complaint probably, um, it's the fact that I'm probably not going to rush back to go there. And, and I think all customers kind of feel like that when we're actually doing various things. So it doesn't really matter what your business type is or your business model. If a customer's not happy with you, then they're not going to go back to that particular store. I've done it many a time with lots of other different businesses where I just haven't bothered. I thought, right, this is a waste of my time. I'm not happy with this experience, so I'm not going to go back. Like where I used to live like um, about six months ago, I moved recently, and I'd go to like the local one of the other supermarkets um, in that town. And it was always the same, like they had never had any staff on, it didn't matter what time of day you went, whether it was first thing, lunchtime, evening, it was just the same situation. You know, they've got all the kind of self-checkout tills, they've got no people doing a, doing the actual scanning or whatever the cashiers. Um, and obviously if you've got a lot of shopping and you've done all your main shopping and you've got a, a whole trolley full, like it's a pain to try and use like a, a self-service sort of checkout in these small shops. Um, so in the end, I just thought, like, I just can't even be bothered with this. Like, this is, it's just too much effort, isn't it? So um, so you just end up going to a different store entirely, a different company. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of things I think that we can all appreciate and maybe take from this kind of an experience because, you know, customers can vote with their feet. You know, there's so many supermarkets. I mean, we've probably got maybe... I don't know, maybe eight or so um, that we call like generic sort of supermarkets across the board, um, maybe more than that possibly. Um, and everyone's got the choice of going somewhere else. And if it's a bad experience, and it's often about customer service, it's about speed. You know, it's this whole thing these days that, you know, it's not always about money. Um, it's about the fact that you're wasting my time. And today was about you're wasting my time. It, you know, I didn't necessarily need these items that I bought, but, you know, I was in there anyway. I had visitors coming. I bought a couple of things for them. And I thought, right, I just want to pick these things up and then um, I've got them um, to give to them or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's just that. You know, it's like I say, it's a you know, when we're thinking about how we're running our businesses at the moment or how we're actually putting things together, we're kind of thinking about how else are we going to do that? How much easier can we make it for customers? How much easier can we make it for them in other areas of their life as well? Um, because it's just not about the money, is it? You know, it's always about, you know, it is about finding new customers or it might be, but generally it comes down to speed of service or the the readiness of information. It's like with online courses, for example, you know, people can find out all the information online, but that might take them a month. It might take them a couple of weeks to find everything they want. And if when I'm searching for things online, whether it's on Google or YouTube, I often can't find the answer to the question that I really, really want or that piece of information that you're looking for. So I use Facebook groups a lot and, you know, um, failing that, then I will, seek out that information from you know professionals in other areas of um this kind of life because i need an answer to a question i really haven't got time to be you know trying to search out that information online all the time because you just want a quick answer you can move on i mean just think about that's why people employ coaches isn't it it's the reason i employ my coach because i need someone to go to where i can ask that direct question and say right how do i do this how do i make this better you know, and I can write something and they can change it and they can help me out with it or whatever it is. Um, and often I'll struggle with um, maybe like IT issues or designing my website or whatever it happens to be. But you just want someone to give you the definitive answer. Even things like email list providers. You know, I've tried so many and I stick with ConvertKit because I love it and I talk about it a lot. But it's just easy. They make my life easy. Um, I know it's cheaper to go with MailChimp or somebody else. 
but I just don't want to. You know, um, they are they've developed themselves a lot, I think, in recent years. And the actual story of the founder, he's got I think he's got his own podcast or YouTube channel or something. Someone told me, and you know, just listening to him and his journey and watching you know old YouTube videos he's done from from before he was doing really well. Um, it's a it's a good reminder to us because I think it just shows just how we all start on this journey really. Um, but yeah, customer service it's everything, isn't it? I think we all know that, but I think this experience for me today just kind of made me um, realize that and I know 15 minutes out of your life isn't a big deal but it is when somebody is kind of like deliberately taking their time and you know it's like rush hour and it's tea time and you just want to get home and you just want to do whatever you got to do and you know you've got somebody there who just doesn't care um, it's just not a pleasant situation so yeah it's not the biggest deal in the world but it just kind of made me think I think especially after the conversations I had this morning when we're basically dissecting you know, different kinds of business models for different industries. And this particular customer has got a food business, um, but it was easy enough to kind of think about what they do and how they're doing it. But yeah, just my uh, two penneth today, as they say. Um, but yeah, just something I want to share with you. And, you know, I like to mix up the topics of these podcasts quite a bit because I think that's important when we're all running very different um, businesses. You know, online marketing is really great and it's really important, um, but there's so much to be gained from person-to-person contact if you can do that obviously in current times that's not possible um but i've always when i've had other types of businesses in the past i used to run an events business and you know the amount of business i got from face-to-face conversations or introductions was far greater than any contact or any information i got on got got from an online existence shall we say um so yeah there's lots of different options of how we can you know, connect with customers and actually do the right thing by them. And that really does have an impact on your business, whether that is them coming back to see you again or referring you as a business, which is really important. Um, And, you know, that kind of referral network thing is, it's only what affiliate marketing is these days, isn't it? So um, that is really where the strength of number does come in here, I think. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to reach out to me, um, Instagram is a place I spend a lot of time. Um, My handle there is ecommerce.emma. My website and my email is emma at ecommerce-emma. And that's at hyphen.co.uk. And yeah, you can generally find me in those places. You can pretty much search my name, e-commerce Emma, and I'll come up all over the place. But yeah, if you're listening to this in a weird and wonderful place, I'd love to know where that is. And if you want to take a screenshot or let me know what you're doing or tag me in something, and I'll definitely share that. And yeah, hopefully you enjoy and I will catch you next time. See you then. (music) 